Hello and welcome to an all new episode of Men and Women Talk, the Mars Venus Show. I am one of your hosts, Kente, all the way live from Los Angeles, California. And I'm so happy to be here with my wonderful, beautiful, talented co-host, the one and only Shannon Ford, like the president, hyphen Jefferson, like the president. How you doing, Shannon? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I'm doing wonderful. I am... You know, I'm alive. I feel healthy. I feel like I can run 10 marathons. 10. Yeah. In a row. Good for you. You know what? If you had like those, remember those NES track and field, Matt, you know, where I could do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I used to get tired. I used to be on my knees patting it like this. Right. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. So I, but no, I, I, I feel really good. I feel strong as a bull. Uh, I think I'm, I feel great. You know, there was a couple of times in the last couple of weeks where I had a little, you know, a little sniffle or something. I'm like, oh, wait, wait, what's that? You know, but uh, I'm past that. I feel I feel great. I feel great. I know I'm great. I've been taking care of myself and, uh, you know, preventative stuff uh, besides, you know, the washing the hands, all that stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of vitamin C, black seed, uh, mullein leaf, uh um oh my god uh sea moss you know um you know all of that kind of stuff mm -hmm. it's good to have both uh during the quarantine any or anytime what's up sam hey sam you can come in to get vocal as well there's uh i'm trying to get clear eight people to hear if possible but hey we i still can see you i got multiple screens um so uh so i feel great and i'm glad to be here this is episode 152 the topic is going to be called dating a creative person. Um, so that should be a good topic. Before I did that, I wanted to ask my residential uh, religious expert, Dre. Um, and you know what? I really want, I, I've been saying me and him should talk. I really want to do a, a show with a religious bent um, to it at some point with you, uh, specifically you, because um, not like a church, churchy show where we're preaching. Yeah. But just talk about different aspects of Christianity, as well as you know, just being a good person, you know, and that kind of stuff. And I did have a question for you. Yeah. Um, and um, okay, so here's let me do a scenario, right? How mm -hmm. first let me ask you a question. How old were you when you were baptized originally? So um, I was like, what, maybe uh, I think I was like maybe 10, 11, but I didn't understand what was happening at the time, to be honest with you. It was one of those things when my mother was like, you're getting baptized. I was like, okay. Uh, but then when it was my choice, I was 17. Okay. See? Okay. So you, you uh, all right. That's a good baseline to start off with. Let me ask Shannon and then I'm going to get into what I want to talk about. Gotcha. Uh, Shannon, when, how old were you when you got baptized? I was five. Five. Okay. All right. I was under 10 when I got baptized. Um, it was like, I kind of vaguely remember, right? Like I, you know, I, I have been seeing people come up to the church and then I would see the process and I'm pretty sure I thought it was cool. Right. And it, it seemed like it was like, I never was like, you know, my parents were never like, you need to do this or this is what you're supposed to do. But I felt it, you know what I'm saying? Like I felt it at a young age. Okay. So. I was baptized and it, you can tell me, and uh, Sam says seven or eight. 
Yes, I was baptized. Thank you. Uh, so, um, so, okay. So a lot of us who grew up in the church, we get baptized at a very young age. And if you do it once, right, you, you're, you know, you're good, right? It's supposed to be. Yes. But, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paint a picture. So you got baptized under 10. It was, you know, maybe you didn't quite really understand what it meant. You stray away from the church, like a lot of us do. And, you know, you start living another. Did he get stuck? I was like, what's happening? Yeah, he's stuck. Oh, man, we got to start the show all over. So, what'd you do today? <laughs> well, I guess I'll stay on the theme about the, the baptism because this may come up. Uh, like, you know, why why get why did I get baptized a second time when I was already baptized? And I think um, uh, the to to have anything done without mm-hmm. why it's being done so, sort of voids out what you're being what's being done. So, yeah, um, I, I I didn't count that baptism as. Um, uh, my baptism because I didn't know what was happening. I was just being dumped, dunked in a very big tub. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't know what was happening. I had no clue uh, of the significance. I, and the thing is, I, already, I always knew of a higher power. I always knew that there was a, a God out there. Um, and I was, in a sense, not really raised in the church, but I would go to my godmother's church every now and then. Mm-hmm. At her church that we, you know, my mother when I was baptized in. Um, in my mother's mind, that meant that we were members of the church. Sorry, about so that. when I came to to understand what baptism was really about, according to what the Bible says, that Bible that that baptism wasn't an official baptism, at least as far as what it meant to be a believer in Christ. So that's right. why I had it. That's why I did it again for me. No, I I totally get can that. Can you hear me now? Yeah, we can yeah, hear we- you. Okay. You were stuck. Bro. My internet went out. Dang, is that like, should I read something into it? No. <laughs> when I got baptized, my mom didn't think I should have. Like, I wanted to. I belonged to the children's church, so the adults were upstairs. We were downstairs. And yeah. um, I was always the child that they always thought I was too grown for my age. Not fast, but just I knew too much. Um. And so when I went home and was like, mom, I'm going to be baptized and started telling her what happened. She called the pastor and was like, no, she, <laughs> she should not be like, she doesn't know what she's doing. Um, she's only five. Mm-hmm. Um, but he assured her that he asked some legit questions about what I knew. It wasn't like he was asking me um, and other people were answering it. He was asking me all alone. You know, you know, did I believe that um, Jesus was my Lord and Savior? And, uh, you know, going through the standard process of asking these questions, and I answered the questions the way he um, would have expected for me to move forward, opposed to, oh, I don't think she's ready. And he was like, I've never met many five-year-olds with that much conviction. She knew what she was doing, and she answered it, you know, for herself and not to prove or be approved by someone else. And so my mom let me do it. 
I didn't beg or anything. I was just like, well, I mean, if you're not going to let me, I'll just keep going up every Sunday till you let me. I was that kid, so. Not you? All right. Sorry about that, everybody. Uh, I don't know. My internet, my internet just crept out. Uh, um, okay, so I, it seems like you guys are kind of going down the path I was going. But yeah. the question is, okay, you stray away from the church, yeah. but you were baptized as a youth. And then now you're back in the church, you become, you know, uh, full fledged and all of that. Um, do you think that you should get rebaptized? Is that something you should do? Being that maybe the first go around, you may not have fully understood it. So, I'll go ahead, Dre. Yeah, for Sorry. me, I don't, I don't know if it's like a mandated thing. Um, that you, right. It's not that you should do it. Okay. If you feel like, you need to do it again, by all means. Now, um, I will say this, um, and I've had conversations with um, a friends of mine, believers, about this, um, where they've been baptized uh, more than one time. Like, for instance, um, I know believers have been baptized, and then when they go to Israel, they want to be baptized again in the Jordan River. If I go to Israel, I'm not trying to be baptized again in the Jordan River. Right. I don't need to. I've already right. been baptized. So, uh, you know, I don't want to, because at that point, it makes me feel like, okay, um, uh, what happened before isn't as good as it happening in the Jordan River just because Jesus was baptized in the same place. Right. The saying uh, that those who worship in spirit and truth don't really worship in spirit and truth unless they worship in Samaria or in Jerusalem, pretty much. You know what I'm saying? So... Uh, well, that that's uh, may not know what I'm saying. There's a, a scripture where Jesus was talking to the Samaritan woman, and he was telling her, uh, "There's going to come a time, and now is where true worshipers won't worship will worship in spirit and in truth. They won't worship in the mountain, and they won't worship in Jerusalem, but they'll worship wherever, you know, God is." If I was baptized in a tub in Saint Philip's Baptist Church, um, that same baptism means just as much as it would if I was baptized in the Jordan River. It has the same meaning, the same power. It represents the same thing. So being rebaptized is not a necessity. Now, like if you didn't know what was happening when you were like, you know, three, four, or even 10, and you want to do it again, because now it's a, now you know what it means. By yeah. So St. Peter is not going to be like, St. Peter's not going to be like, dude, when you no, got, got baptized that first time, that wasn't legit. Yeah, because that's just a um, representation of a choice you made in your heart. That, mm -hmm. You know, people rededicate their lives. Now, that's mm -hmm. something people do. Um, but that has nothing to do with whether or not it's not, like Dre said, it's not mandated that you have to be rebaptized. Yeah. And I've had friends say, you know, well, you know, I, I'm, I've given my heart back to the Lord again, or I, I've come back to, to the Lord. I want to get baptized again. And I tell them, you don't need to. Mm -hmm. Now, what what if you were a Kojic and now you're Baptist? Does that does that transfer credits? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it should. <laughs> it does, I gotta, it be, I gotta be. I like you were Kojic baptized, so now you gotta do bad. You know, I gotta yeah. be Baptist. It, it should transfer. <laughs> it should transfer. If the church tells you it doesn't, then you need to find another church. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. That that's some real stuff though to think about. Like. You know, um, as someone who may be rededicating themselves to their faith. I'm sorry, hold on. Ryan is looking clean. I know, yeah. <laughs> you got a fresh cut. Yes. Well, it's called Bic. 
I'm just picking it. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm, about, I'm about to do the same, man, because <laughs> my barber's like not trying to break any rules here. And I'm you, know, you know what's funny, though? You know what's funny is like the NBA guys, right? You see them on Instagram and stuff. And you can tell the guys whose wives can cut hair versus yeah. the guys, you know, like the guys who can't don't their wives ain't about their life. They're all looking like uh, you know, um some caveman, and then you got those guys that's all fresh cut up, but it's their wife. <laughs> so marry you a woman can cut hair. Uh <laughs> so if we're ever in this situation again, we're all you're all good. Absolutely. But, uh, so but uh, thank you, Dre. I, I I definitely wanted to um, hit you up about that. But you know, at, you know, at some point though, I would like to do something um, where we could talk about these kind of things that people think about. So I've had these conversations with folk. I'm with it. I thank you, my brother. My pleasure. All right. So the topic tonight is dating a creative person. Now, me and you are. I would consider. And of course, Ryan as well, who's here. Uh, we're all creative people, right? And creative people, I think people romanticize creative people. You know, uh, creative people are mad, though. Myself included. Creative people, a lot of times you will always feel like a mistress. <laughs> because our thing, our art, is really our number one. <laughs> you know, a lot of times, right? So it could be a hey, Danny's in the house. I need to, to chop it up with Danny. What up, Danny? But um, are you know? So then I've dated creative people, and I felt like the mystery, or what would we be the Mister? Right? Uh, I felt like that. You know, it's not fun. You know, so whatever it is, like for Shannon's Shannon's thing is her writing, right? Her writing is number one. So her man has to figure out how she's going to fit in, how he's going to have to fit into that, you know, his her number one love, right? So um, that's, oh, okay, right, right. But uh, a lot of times, though, us creative folks don't make the best mates. I guess you have to be a certain type. Um, and then sometimes you think as a young creative person, I'll just date another creative person and that's right. We'll understand each other. Right. That doesn't work a lot of times, mm -hmm. you know, because it's almost like you're swinger, <laughs> you know, like, you know, cause you're dating your, your passion, right. Which is uh, whatever your art is. She is too, or he is too. So it's almost like you guys are, you know, can, can be like an afterthought sometimes. And so, it's it's a lot of you know it's a lot of beauty because a lot of times your creative mate or you or vice versa um can be very creative when it comes to how they show their love and whatnot, right? Yeah. Um but then also there's the pitfalls of just being in a relationship where the person is you know creative person is always trying to create, always trying to make art, is trying to do this thing that doesn't always tie to money, right? How many people you know are, do a lot of these creative pursuits and they're not really getting paid for it? But they treat it like it's, you know, it's their job, right? They may have a hustle, number one, a hustle, 
but their real thing is that whatever their creative um thing is mm-hmm. so shannon i thought I've, I've been wanting to do this show so much and i'm glad ryan's here too because i know ryan I, I feel for whoever ryan dates uh past and present because i know ryan's a creative dude he's always the wheels are always turning like sometimes you'll have a conversation with ryan right and i know this look because i you know that i've seen that look i've been around creative people my whole life and then sometimes you're talking to ryan but ryan's really creating the next thing and he's kind of talking to you but he's really is that true an idea came in his head Mm -hmm. and he's almost like you know he kind of I do it too. I do it too. Where you kind of zone out for a minute because then maybe that piece of that puzzle of that thing you want to make finally pops in your head. But now you're having a conversation about whatever the crap you're talking with, with somebody. And you almost want to just be like, you want to get away so you can, you know, put it all together. So I, I know it, and it, it's a pain in the butt. So let me start off with you, Shannon. Okay. You've been a writer virtually your whole life, right? Pretty much. Okay. So when it comes to how much time you allocate to your pursuits, um, how do you value that versus like, you know, wanting to, you know, just live a regular life and do other things? How much do you put towards your creative pursuits? I could be in a mood. I mean, I could just write to write, which I've done that my whole life, but I have to be in the mood. And because I work so much, I'm not often in the mood. So a lot of times I'm just writing out of obligation so that the craft doesn't grow stale. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't think there's anything quote unquote normal about my life. Um, I'm trying to live that abundant life. So I enjoy it all. Pursuit of others as well as my writing. Okay, all right. I like it. I like it. Now, what about you? Uh, now, you you're someone who's very Ryan. You're someone who's very like um, I don't say calculating because that sounds negative, but like you know, what's a better way to say calculating? Fuck it, calculating. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I mean, right, like. Like you, you put your 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 ducks in a row, you know, and all that kind of stuff, right? Before you, you know, you don't just go willy nilly. Mm-hmm. So, do you think that makes you a hey, Crystal uh, Johnson in the chat? Did hey, you, has that has that um hurt you in relationships in the past? You think sometimes that I'm calculated? Yeah, I'm talking about about your career and what your pursuits are, your creative pursuits. Uh, you know, <laughs> efficient. Okay, I like that efficient. <laughs> I I don't know. I like it, it. It. I I was with a creative for seven years. Um, and that was my child's mom. Now she is a company dancer for um this company called uh, Decidedly Jazz. So mm-hmm. you know, I I do know what it's like to be with another creative, but you know when you're creative and you're being creative in a public space with an audience, you know, there is spotlight hogging, Mm. you know what I mean? And I wouldn't say we were like fighting for, you know, for, 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 
you know, for the spotlight, it was that where do we allocate the resources? Whose life is more important? Is it the rapper or the dancer? Is it the graphic designer or the dancer? So we were going, it, you know, when I look back in hindsight, we had a lot of issues just with what she had to do. And I had to kind of put my stuff aside, you know, so her dance career, her, her dance career could thrive. So, you know, and then being in this being, I'm in a relationship now. And the one thing is that I, we had to write boundaries. We broke up, we got back together and I, you know, she sent me her boundaries. I wrote my boundaries and I said, do not talk about my career and my boundaries mm. <laughs> because career was a thing. It was like, you know, because I went through a recession and I'm yeah. pretty honest, pretty, pretty honest about the last two years were that were terrible. It's starting to improve, but regardless, I had the first time in my career where I had a downturn and I had to deal with it. And, um, you know, and I had questions in the bed, you know, bedside talk like, baby, can you, you can you see yourself doing this forever? I feel like you're self-sabotaging yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, yeah, like, this is me. I'm not going to give up. Like, this is my career. Like, you know, the thing is, is that there's risk with every career. Like, yeah, uh, sure, a doctor brings home the bacon, but I know someone that's married to a doctor that I talk to frequently that the doctor's never home because the doctor's always working. When the doctor comes home, doctor is trying to defrag with all the stuff that they see in the hospital and not paying attention to her. And then she is getting lonely and texting other dudes because – um, you know, she doesn't have that. And then, you know, you have people that are married to police and firemen, right? And like before I was doing my creative thing, I was uh, I was a manager for a furniture company and I had 50 employees. I, I never came home. Like, you know, I would go to work for 12, 14, 16 hours a day because like if we had uh, to do a promo, we had to change all the prices of all the furniture. So I had to be there to to make sure everything looked good for the next day. That's not good either because that's how, you know, my, my girlfriend at the time fell out of love with me because I was never home. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's always going to be trade-offs with the person that you're with. You just have to be willing, you know, you have to love that person enough to be like, yeah, um, you know, I don't care about your career. But I I've, I had to draw that out because if I give that, I had to draw that out on the uh, on the boundaries sheet because I'm like, yo, this is my life. I'm devoting the rest of my life to it because with all the negative things that people could point out about it, there's also a lot of positive things. And this is where I thrive the most, right? I can't see myself at a desk job, you know, punching in numbers every day. I can't do it. Man, I've done that kind of stuff and I've made very good money doing stuff like that, but I've never was happy. Never was happy. It didn't matter how much money I made or whatever. It was just that I wasn't doing what I wanted to do with my life. And it wasn't the thing that drove me the most and made me smile and all of that kind of stuff. So, you know, I don't know. I know so many people who are so talented, but they do jobs to pay the rent. And they're miserable. They're miserable. They hate going to work, you know, and that kind of stuff. And I just, you know, I'm fortunate in this regard. I don't have a wife and kids. So I don't have, like my dad used to say, when you eat, your whole family eat. 
<laughs> you know, so I, you know, in that regard, it's allowed me cushion to to go for my pursuits and not have to, you know, um, drag a wife and kid into uh, whatever. So, um, if I was married and had kids, you know, and I wasn't making money doing my pursuits, then I would have to seriously look at, you know, I'm not gonna let my kids starve. You know, um, so you know I'm that kind. I'm that dude, right? So um, I don't know. It, it can be difficult. Now I know, like you don't work in your your passion. I mean, as far as your creative pursuit, uh, Shannon. But you know, I don't know if we've had this conversation, but I'm just gonna guess that in your perfect world, you would probably write full time, right? No. No. What would you do? perfect world um i'd probably be a therapist really that's interesting okay miss therapist (laughs) i like working with people and that's probably my biggest passion i mean writing is my i mean it's like secondary to breathing so regardless um but I like working with people. I like working with people too. Um, it depends on what we're working on, <laughs> but uh, I like working with people. And uh, And also, I like. I don't like being a. Um, I, I'm a, I'm definitely a chief, not an Indian. Um, I have a hard time being an Indian. I'm um, not a leader, not a follower, because you're neither a chief nor an Indian. Uh, that's a figure of speech. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but um, from 1920. But yes. look, and I'm old school. Okay, I'm drinking a rum and coke, <laughs> and I'm uh, I'm being old school right now. My old my the old people out in the audience they they know what I'm talking about. Um, uh, but um, I don't know. Like I've been accused of a lot of things, like fair and not. Okay, probably mostly fair, <laughs> but uh, about you know like uh like your head being somewhere else right the thing that i accuse uh, ryan of i i know it because i'm that's me you know i yeah. can be that person sometimes i'm better now I, I i really believe i'm better now i'm more present in you do life. do it in your show like if i'm talking and i because i know i'm long-winded and stuff i'll be talking talking you're like yep yeah, uh-huh yep yep yeah 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 <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right, Ryan. That's that's good. That's good. Yeah, <laughs> I felt hilarious. Um, but um, you know, I, I've been accused of that, and, and you know, at first I never saw it. Yeah, I thought they were crazy. What, what are you talking about? Of course, I'm present. I'm here. We're watching the Notebook on the couch. Not, no, I've never seen the Notebook. But uh, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and um. I don't know. It's like, okay. So like going back to the idea of working like a straight job, right? Um, I've done it. I don't have a desire to do it again. I don't have a desire to do it again. I really don't. Um, it's just, it's gut wrenching sometimes, you know? Um, and I don't feel like I have as much needs mm-hmm. as I did or I thought I did when I was younger, right? 
I don't need a lot of toys to be as happy. Hey, what's up? Dana is in the chat room. Who was our guest last week. Um, you should totally uh, interview her, by the way, Ryan. So, um, but um, yeah, I don't need as much, right, to be happy. Um, so that allows me to be more focused on what I want to do, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and I love that, right? But I don't know if I'm who I am, who I want to be if I don't have my pursuits, right? Okay. And that can be difficult. Now, going back to me dating a creative person, especially like actresses, uh, if we have any actresses in the chat room. Dating an actress? Huh? Are you currently dating? No, 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 no. I'm saying if there's any, if there's any actresses in the chat room, don't be offended. (laughs) <laughs> but uh uh i've i've had very bad experiences <laughs> dating uh actresses uh for different reasons and um so i kind of get it sometimes if what if they are drama queens <laughs> hilarious um you know i know not everybody's the same right but uh but i um i've had some interesting experiences right uh, I've dated artists, right? I'm talking about like visual artists, mm-hmm. and that was a bad match too, because, um, like I said, you're the mister or the not the mistress. Guys are misters, right? They're like the mistress, male version of a mistress is a mister, right? No, you're all mistresses. Oh, so he's a mistress too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you feel like a mister is. <laughs> you feel, like, you feel oh. like her paintings or her sculptures or whatever it is is who she's in love with and right? you're just you know you're something to do until she could be with her true love <laughs> you know <laughs> you know so it's that it's always about that uh, the other dude right it's about you know whatever it is that she's doing right it's um and, and, and talking about from a man's point of view and i'm sh- sure it's just like that for women as well you know it's like that next painting or the next sculpture or the next performance or something like that and then you're kind of like you know i guess she can't um she can't watch uh the notebook with uh, her paintings so i guess that's where you come in <laughs> you know, you feel those other voids, I guess. And that, you know, some people are cool with that. Some people are the perfect creative person mate. But it's about, I think it's more so about finding some balance and boundaries in things that you do with that person. Um, and it's not necessarily competing with their craft or their art, because anyone that is in a relationship with me wouldn't have to compete. Um, mm-hmm. There's time and space and room for all the things to exist without anyone feeling threatened by it. And if you're threatened by my writing, we might not need to be together. What what if somebody's just like, you know, I love you, Shannon, but I ain't into that poetry stuff. So I mean good luck. Might not need to be together. (laughs) (laughs) Can you can you date someone who don't care about what you do in your creative pursuits? I mean that I mean are you cool with that, Ryan? Yes. Okay. 
I, I think I don't know if we had this discussion, but yes, because you know, my world is my world. I think mm-hmm. that we grow, we you know, we I, we adultify and mm-hmm. we become responsible. We got because I have a I have a kid. Mm-hmm. I am, you know, I also have to make time for my girlfriend. You know, mm-hmm. I gotta text her. Because especially on this quarantine, I have to text her. I've got to keep in thing. I think that we can go after our creative pursuits. It's just that there's this misconception in the artist's mind that oh, this is my life and everything's about it. And you know what? The creative process, there's a little, it requires a lot of time and energy, preparation and whatnot. But you notice a lot of the, the bigger artists that are very successful have a, have a, uh, have a team of people that work with them to help them with mm-hmm. their craft. You know, um, if you want to make it in art, it's 90% business and 10% talent, you know, and I understand people like for me, I need like in, being an introvert. I need my space to, you know, to read, to learn new things in order for my artistry skill to expand. But now at the same time, I have to time block it because if I just keep on doing the research and stuff like that, you know, I'll be researching like which garbage cans to pick out of, you know? So like, <laughs> I honestly think that you can, I, but anyways, to answer the question. I was like, please. <laughs> to answer the question, you, I like the separate worlds because I can escape to real life with my significant other i can kiss her i can hug her we can hold hands we can walk down the street we go for walks walk our dog um all all that stuff i enjoy that uh and it has nothing and i don't want to talk after i'm done with all that mental you know exploration i don't want to talk about it you know i don't especially don't want to talk about it with someone doesn't understand and i don't want to talk about it to be the only thing because I'm already overstimulated with what I was working on, you know? So I just like to, you know, I like to escape. I like to have a balance in what my brain consumes. Uh, let me ask you this question, Shannon. You got a book signing. It's a, your big book. It's coming out. You have a book signing at Barnes and Nobles, right? They still got those, right? Uh, <laughs> you have a big book, book signing at uh, Barnes and Nobles. Uh, I'm like an art first, romance second. Yeah, Santique. Um, okay. And your maid is like, eh, it's not my scene. Would you be offended? Again, we wouldn't be together. And I'm not one of those people who separates my love for my poetry in my relationship in terms of they don't have to understand, um, I am a contaminator. They don't have to understand the difference between a free verse and a haiku. But knowing that this is my passion, this is my bread and butter, this is what I would do even if no one was watching or no one paid me, and not even to support it, you ain't got to understand. But support, just right. would be That's a problem. Manager. Because in the reverse of that, if there was something that my guy wanted to do or who he was or what his bread and butter is, I ain't got to like it. But it's because he loves it and I love him mm-hmm. that I'm present for him. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like if, if, if you're a pastor of your church is married, but his wife goes to another church. 
<laughs> you know, it'd be like, it'd be like that, that, kind of weird, <laughs> you know. I've seen it done, and I'm Me not. not there are different strokes for different folks. There are people that go to church and they spouse don't, and so I'm not knocking any of those things. You know, those things are not one and the same. But I think if there's something that you you are sold out for, I've been writing since I was seven. I'm I got thirty years into writing, at a minimum, and so at least you can do is say. I'm going to show up for my lady because I know that she is passionate about this thing. She has years and time and experience invested into this and she doesn't just do it. I'm not on a New York bestsellers list. I do it because I have a love for word and rhyme mm-hmm. I do it because when I open my mouth and expel the words that come out of a poem, I want people, the audience to feel something, to go home and inspire and do something for themselves that maybe their creative spoke to my creative through the process. So it's not even about, well, I didn't understand what the hell she said, but it sounded good. That's great. Just come support me because you love me. Amen. And and don't use little. That is the most annoying thing in the world. That when, part. when they go, oh, yeah, um, Shannon, tell them about your little book that just came out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate that. Oh, like yeah, like uh, Ryan, uh, tell tell t- tell uh, Tiffany about uh, uh, your little podcast that comes on. You know, <laughs> oh my god, it's so annoying. And sometimes it's not intentional, so you do have to correct yourself, right? That. But it's it you have to learn to not well, in an essence, cater to not to make you less than a person, a punk, or anything like that. But you have to give into the heart of your person's love language and showing them love and things that they are expressive in is okay. Like that, that's a beautiful outpouring of how you feel about them. Uh, sometimes it's just being sensitive to their needs. I just mm-hmm. need you to go up right now. You ain't got to say nothing. You ain't got to do nothing. Just be present. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and and one more thing, and I'll let you go. Yeah. Uh, let me do your thing, Ryan, or say your, what you need to say. But also, when it, when it's your creative pursuit, it's who you are, right? And then sometimes people will be like, "Be like, oh, so are you still a writer?" And it's just like, "Yeah, I'm always be one, <laughs> like till I die. That's who I am." Oh, <laughs> I may not always work at Blockbuster, <laughs> but I'm always to be a writer. Yeah, I'm still. Oh, I I can't write this right oh. now. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ryan. Oh no, I was just saying, like, you know, I I think being present is important. Like, mm-hmm. don't be like I think someone that I would pay a million dollars for someone to be able to understand my brain. It's like an onion. I mean, there's so many layers to it, mm-hmm. especially being an artist, uh, because our whole life is about whether you are, you know, graphic designing, film pro- producing, writing. Um, there are layers, self-development, things that happen for you to use your medium as a, a form of expression. So um, I would pay a million dollars for someone to understand me. You don't have to like what I'm doing, but you have to understand my process. And, and like Shannon said, show up. You know, show like up, yeah. if I have a gig or whatever, be be present. If I have a live stream, stay off because maybe I'll be talking about us. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but oh shoot. Uh, but you know, like uh, show up where it's important. 
Um, yeah. and, and I think that's what, like, also, like, I'm a sapiosexual, like, in terms of wanting someone that is smart. Because yeah. I think someone that is smart will put the pieces together because with art, there's a lot of mental models that you could use in architecture in anything, really. Like, there are mental models that um, only a smart person would understand. They would be able to find parallels. So they'll be able to understand, well, why you did that or why you used this certain color, why you put it there. You know, and having that exchange with someone that's more intelligent as opposed to someone that's like, oh, that's just your art. Oh, I like it. I like the pink. I like what you did with the pink. Um, you know, so, it, you know, it, it does. It, you don't have to like what I do, but you have to be able to, for yourself, be, to want to know. You know what I mean? Intellectual curiosity is what I always talk about. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. And I think yeah. a lot of people are in relation selfishly. Um where they are so consumed with just the the status quo of, oh, I got somebody, but they're not actually there for that somebody. And so you have to consider what it is that you're looking for as well as what you offer or bring to the table. And I know we have the conversation all the time because your question usually is, well, what do women bring to the table? It's like, what do people bring to the table? If you are interested in me, what do I value? And what are you willing to be a part of? You know, I'm not asking you to become my subject matter or be my muse, but are you willing to be a part of it? So if I have a show, if I go on tour, if I have a book signing, if I'm asked to do a public speaking engagement, if I'm asked to attend a wedding because I wrote the vows for the couple, like, are you going to come with me? Now, do I need you to come to everything? Absolutely not. Like Ryan said, show up for what's important. And if that's my full-time career, no, you can't attend every single thing that I do. But if there are engagements in our city and you're not doing anything that Friday night and you know that this is important to me, um, yeah, I'm going to need you to show up. Just like you're going to need me to show up in bed when we get home. Like, show up. <laughs> you, you know what's funny, too, about us creative folks is so we date somebody who, you know, they have to us a boring job, right? So at the end of the day, they're going on about their boring ass job and you're sitting there like, you know, like you want to slit your wrist, you know, <laughs> you're like, you know, they're like, uh, you know, whatever it, it may be. I'm not going to call it, say anything. Cause I don't want to offend anybody, but what, you know what a boring job is. And um, so you're sitting there and I had to get better at this because I would be like, I don't care. <laughs> like, like, the, like, I would want to not talk about that job, you know. Um, but you got to think about it like this. Hey, it's especially this day and time. It's good to have a gig, whatever your gig is. So, but at the, you know, when I was younger, though, I was definitely very judgmental and very uh, elitist. I was. I'm not now. No, look, right now, if you got a gig, if you're mopping up a, a peeping booth, that's a gig. Okay. As long as you're not an actress. <laughs> right. As long as you're not an actress in the peeping booth, <laughs> uh, <laughs> then that might not be a good one. But it, it, but sometimes for especially for us, right? When when you know they're talking about their day and their challenges, their work challenges, and you're just like, I want to slit my wrist. You do that all day long. That's what you do. You know. Yeah. Boring. 
Yeah, I don't and, like my work. Yeah. No. Yeah, I, you know, but you know what's worse is hearing somebody complain about their crappy thing. So sometimes work doesn't whether it's art or not it's just not a conversation that should be a part of the relationship too much like only time we like only time maybe like i could talk about a client like this client is supposed to pay me on time blah, 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 blah. Right, right. you know or you know and i or i'm listening active listening to her like yeah that that girl's crazy yeah she should have she should have sat in her cubicle uh but like the I think that the conversation for me about work always, it just, it dries her up, you know, and, you know, and I'm not really activated. It dries her up. Dries her up by <laughs> talking about like, well, today I designed this graphic design and then I went oh, over to this thing. Sexy. Yeah. Thank like you. she wanted to talk about astrology. Like, baby, you know, like. I'm a Sagittarius. I do that. I think there's just different conversations that can be had with couples, and it doesn't have to be around work. If work is the if the pinnacle of your existence, then you know you know you have relationship problems. You know, yeah. people need to learn to separate the two. So, all right. So, I know this person. Right? She's in she's in her mid to late forties. And she met this guy who's like in his early twenties. Oh, and he was like a um, what do you call those people who um, are way before their time? Brain fart. Also. No, like when you're like Doogie Howser, like um, <laughs> something like like yeah, like he was um, like he graduated from high school at like fourteen or something, and graduated from college before he was twenty or something, and then NASA wanted him. And he was like a, uh, you know, a uh, 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 rocket science savant. Yeah, right. He was like a prodigy. Thank you. He was a prodigy. Um, he was like a rocket scientist, like at 20. You know, he was like really brilliant, right? So she was like really into how smart this guy is. And he had his, he had like a career about the, you know, he was like dude in Goodwill Hunting at the end of the movie, right? Like where everybody wanted him. So she got his number, right? So they lived in different states. So they would video chat, right? And she's like all into NASA and you know, um, nu nuclear science and all of this stuff. So she tells me, she goes, you know, I can't figure this dude out. This guy's so brilliant. And all he wants to talk about are my breasts. <laughs> and I'm like, he talks about uh, rocket science at his, you know, all day long. He, now he just wants to talk about your titties. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no. Well, you think he's gonna? He wants to talk about, uh, you know, um, complex equations. <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, I said, just show, just show him your titties. He'll be fine. He <laughs> said <laughs> so that makes perfect sense because she was like so disappointed. She thought he was gonna. You know they were gonna have these fascinating conversations about theories and all of this, and he's just like, like, what kind of bra you have? <laughs> you know, like that kind of stuff. Because he was, you know, obviously a little geeky, but uh, yeah. So, but uh, yeah, you don't want to talk about your your um, if that's what you do all day. That you don't want to talk about that. I sure don't. Right, right. It is. 
and what turns me on about my work, it's not what turns everybody else on. And I'm a little bit extra geeky too. Like, you know, I'm geeky about my CMOS. I'm geeky about a lot of things that general public. And I don't know why I do this. The, the, the more I get older, as I age, the more like I want to learn about everything. And I start putting myself in like a box that you can't break through because it's just like I, I have no commonality with everyone around me. So it's up to me as the intellectual to be able to relate and listen and to listen to what everybody else has to say. I just can't talk about the stuff that I like because it goes over people's heads, right? So mm -hmm. it's better not to have that dry conversation and, you know, like – you always wish, I think people that are, you know, writers or whomever, we wish to find someone that could just be the opposite of us, but have similarity, like maybe uh, a, a, like a writer, but that fills in the gaps, not opposite, but someone that could fill the gap intellectually, right? And some people are able to find that person, but, you know, you have to think. Mm -hmm. Artists are, there's a lot, I mean, maybe there are a lot of artists, but they're like to find that perfect match is pretty far in between. Like you, you're not going to find that person. So there's always going to be that, that issue of compatibility. So that's why I think it's up to the artist to be able to get, to escape out of their world and be normal, be a human being. Because, you know, a lot of people that even get in a relationship because you are an artist, and I said it in the chat, like, they become fans. They're fans at the beginning. But after a while, that's just feeding into an ego. You know, you you want to separate that and ha have them find out what type of person you really are. Like I have a mentor who, uh, you know, was a blues musician. He was my karate teacher and, and whatnot. But going to his house and he's watching TV, he's watching wrestling. Mm-hmm. For the first time, I'm like, damn, like a karate master, you know, is watching wrestling. Like it was it just it, for me, it threw me off guard for a second. But to, but to realize that he's just a man, he's not this superhuman person that I always looked at him as, you know. So, I mean, artists are human, too. They like some of them like ribs and some of them like to go hiking. Some of them like different things. And I think that it, it's up to the artists to not get so wrapped up in the world, but to, to come down to life and relate to other people. Because you know what? That's how you sell art. When you're friendly and you're friends and you're making friends and you're social and you have a different life outside of the things that you do, right? People don't like, you know, uh, guys and girls that are uh, uh, wrapped up. Sam Teague says, I'm okay with casual dating. Some people aren't meant for the family life thing and I'm one of them. I love my art and freedom. Yeah. A lot of a lot of artists I know, uh, they love their freedom more than anything. So it makes them not great art. Uh, I make, I'm sorry, make them not great mates. And so I've seen people who live great lives with, you know, uh, great artists. And I've seen the other opposite as well. So it just depends. I guess you got to find that right person that person that compliments you in such a beautiful way. Uh, I know, cause I grew up in, in, um, uh, in an artistic family and I know so many master artists and uh, the ones that are married and have, you know, wonderful relationships. Uh, you know, I could say, 
I'm trying to think, is there a pattern? And I don't know if there's a necessarily pattern. The ones that's been married like a long time and they seem happy and content. I know some where you never see their wife at all. You almost forget he, that he's married, you know? And then I see the ones where the wife is there all the time, helping him lug his paintings around and stuff like that. I, that's the kind of one I like. Yeah. I like that. I like, you know, how they work together, you know, and they have that, you know, they, they're freaking frack and they, you know, I, I, I've known quite a bit of relationships like that. And so it just depends on the situation though. But to me, that, that is awesome to, to share something that you love so much with the person that you're with Absolutely. and they be there for you like that. I mean, it's just, it's great, you know? So I don't know. I don't know. So Shannon. Can't think. Um, <laughs> would you say that uh, a life with Shannon uh, would be a difficult one? Uh, being that, you know, someone who, um, you know, goes after her pursuits and stuff like that. Or do you, are you, do you find good, do you, do you think you would find good balance? Um, I think it would be good balance. I mean, I, I usually get all the passionate, non-negotiable, deal-breaker type questions out of the way from jump. I mean, because there mm -hmm. are things that you just need to know about people. Of course, some people lie because, you know, sometimes we date representatives before we meet real people. Um, <laughs> but I don't think it would be terribly difficult. I mean, I'm a writer. I can write anywhere. I mean, I wake up in the morning and type something on the computer and post it done um it's really yeah. simple so i'm not one of those people that we sitting at dinner and we trying to have a conversation i'm like oh i just got inspired be quiet let me finish this poem not one of those people uh, now i'm gonna tell you something a lot of creatives don't like and i, I want to get your opinion on it is when you have a mate who is around you for a while kind of sees what you do and then they have all these bad ideas they want to uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know it's like you yeah. know what you should do and it's like when you hear that you know what you should do you're like <laughs> you know like uh, uh i know i'm about to hear it you know as a screenwriter oh man like to get like a lot of pitches that are and it's almost never good mm -hmm. it's almost never good it's always a terrible idea uh, welcome, Steph, in the chat room. And uh, we have Marisa as well. Um, Andrea is here, too. Uh, um, so, so as a screenwriter, right, you get a lot of bad pitches. Oh, yeah. Right? And it's not even just the people you date. You get pitches from a lot of, you know, and it's always dumb. Or it's something that, you know, it's like something you've seen, and it's just like, that was on uh have and have nots you know what i'm saying like you know it's like something stupid like that mm -hmm. but you know when it's your mate and they're really excited about the pitch because they think it's so brilliant they think it's brilliant and you're just like you're just like no it's not. You, so what i do is i don't hey sybil too is in, in the room as well uh i don't shoot it down anymore mm -hmm. I'll just I'll just be like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. I have to think about that, and then I just don't. I just 
I don't really have people commenting as much on poetry or trying to give ideas for poetry. Now, um, I have people that try to proposition me though, like, oh, can you help me with this writing assignment or make a, some some for my mom? Like, sure. Done cost you. Done doing stuff for free. I propositioned you before about help with that. I'm still waiting for you to run me some coins. Uh, Bitcoin? <laughs> Sam says, normally it doesn't work for creators. We need that uh, excitement, that inspiration, that new, that wow. Yep, that's for sure. Um, yeah, it, it, it's, it is something, though, when you do it. And they'd it, it, be so excited, too. They just tell you something that they swear. But, you know, here's the problem, too, though. Every once in a while, they'll give you an idea that's very similar to something you're doing already. Mm-hmm. And I've learned to make sure as best you can, because if you do that thing, then they'll swear you stole it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. They'll be like, you're doing my thing. I want, you know, uh, uh, you know, I want uh, 50%. <laughs> you know. Divorce court. Like, well, I inspired half work. Right. One of my favorite stories. One of my favorite stories I ever heard, um, and I don't remember the group or the song. So if you know this story, you can fill in the blank for me. So apparently this some musician, big time musician, um, went on a road trip with his girlfriend Mm -hmm. and she was driving and they got far from home and she they got in an argument and she left him by the side of the road. Mm -hmm. So this artist, if you guys know the song or the artist, please let me know. So this artist wrote a song about it and it was like a big hit, like a huge hit song. And um, so th- they, they broke up too. That Obviously that was something that they broke up over, right? Mm-hmm. So when he wrote this hit, hit song about her leaving him on the side of the road and, you know, and all of this stuff, she sued him because she said, if I never did that, fucked up shit leaving you on the side of the road you wouldn't have had a song to, to do it and i believe she won too by that Which is, ain't that cold-blooded by the way like cold-blooded i know right it's like if i never fucked you in the face you wouldn't and you didn't write that that poem about <laughs> that black eye gave you <laughs> you know you wouldn't have been able to do it but yeah no thank you Hit the road, Jack. I don't think that was the song. I think it was more of like a rock song or something like that. But uh, yeah, that's that's cool. Oh man. So, uh, any last thoughts about dating a creative person? Stay away. Stay away from the. <laughs> I'm joking. Stay away from creatives. No. Yeah. I, I, know, I don't know. There's a creative person in this room right now with me. Uh, you definitely need to stay away from her. Uh, she got her headphones on. She can't hear me. Oh, don't do me off shit like that. But, uh, bro, don't criticize them. They criticize themselves all day anyway. Uh, yeah. I support them. Show up. Then my final word. Show up. Definitely show up. This is, I think the worst thing a person can do is try to separate a creator from his or her art. I, it will never end well. Not at all. That's from Sam Teague. What's up, Sam? Chat, my brother. All right, so Ryan, how can we get you on social media and all that good stuff? 
uh, you can find me at Hustle Zone and Hustle Zone TV. And um, <coughs> yeah, that's it. Hustle Zone and Hustle Zone TV on Instagram. All right. And uh, uh, when is your next show? We are working on it. We have uh, uh, everyone's doing StreamYard right now. So we are. I've invested in some time in equipment or not equipment software so that we can make our stuff go a little bit unique because everybody keeps on coming on to our show and it started their stream yards after they come on to the show. I'm like, you know, so I'm like wondering where I'm, where are my people? And they're too busy doing another show. So <laughs> we're creating, I'm, you know, I, I bought Wirecast. So I'm trying to get, uh, try, we're trying to, up, we want to upgrade the the level of the podcast so we can still remain relevant in the scene. I, I love you guys show, and you guys <laughs> got me once when I guess I was drinking on this show, and I was a little sauce. So I think I probably overshared on y'all show. <laughs> so, uh, but I'm not gonna tell you which show that was. So yeah, I won't be able to find it. Uh, but uh, I know which show so. it is. So, uh, but um, I, I, I know I overshared a little too much. You did. Um, but it's, it's all good. And and I got a bone to pick with Shannon before I ask her to say what her stuff is. Right. The other night, Shannon had me up all night making it emojis so to fun. movies. It was a lot of fun. Sure, I was up with you. So I was up three hours past your time. I was up at till 2.30. You were only... I was up at a million emoji. Hush. Yeah. I still had to and, work. Yeah, it was... It, I mean, no, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. That so, that post hit a thousand comments. Thank you. I, I am not surprised. Thank I am not you. surprised. I might have added a hundred of them myself so <laughs> but no it was a lot of fun though no i i, I really enjoyed it so we had a good uh, time it was it was a lot of fun we went into day three well, oh, wow wow we didn't go so far I definitely, i've definitely shared it to a lot of people and they they love it as well so it's a lot of fun it was a good time so we gotta do some kind of game or something right, game so we'll have to come up with another one like yeah have quarantine Quarantine game or something. That was fun. Yeah. Anybody right, so download the app House Party? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That actually was kind of yeah. Okay, so just before Shannon does her thing, is we're we're still gonna be on. We're gonna be doing the the post show. All right, so Shannon, how can we get you social media and all that good stuff? Instagram. I would say Twitter, but don't really follow me on Twitter because I'm not on there. Um, so Instagram and Facebook at Shannon. Forward like the president, hyphen Jefferson like the president. Um, and you can cash at me as she me her 82. Because <laughs> we are in a quarantine and us essential workers need lunch. Thank you. How can we follow right. on social media, Kente? As Kente F on Twitter, Kente Ferguson on Instagram. Of course, the website is indyradio.org. That's I-N-D-Y radio.org. All right. So of course we'll be back with all new episode. Uh, we stay on the uh, get vocal. We're gonna be. We're gonna keep this bad boy going. You didn't comment on my earrings. Your earrings are fantastic, by the way. Yeah. Very. So.